This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app of participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, because yes, of course, it's Thursday night. Yes, go figure. Well, that's probably because we're playing football. Well, we're not playing football, but Chelsea are tomorrow night. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and as ever, I am joined by the absolute leg end, which is Jonathan Kidd. Oh, lovely to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. So, do you know what the most brilliant news is after two weeks of not playing football? I shall tell you, JK. Your cider is fantastic. Yeah, I brewed another batch on Monday. The last batch finished off all the apples. It's not even that. It's not even something as earth-shatteringly important as that. No, tomorrow night sees the return of the fan bite. Oh, is, it, is, is, is that important? Yeah, everybody? it's what everybody's been waiting for for two weeks, oh. mate. Forget the football. It's all about the JK fan bite. So there you go. I'd better get my finger out then. You better, I? yeah. How are you, old love? Nice to see you. So it feel, feels like years since I've seen you. Yes, yes. I went to uh, I went to Penzance for we the We gave weekend. you the weekend off, didn't we? You did, which yeah. is rather lovely. I went to, yeah, the beaches down there are absolutely phenomenal. It was freezing cold, of course, but, um, but no, it was joyous. And I saw my daughter who is similarly joyous. And um, it was very good fun and very... Re- well, it wasn't relaxing because my daughter's seven, so it's quite difficult to be with a seven-year-old <laughs> and, uh, and be relaxed. You have to sort of play with them all the time. Um, but And she is very demanding of... Uh, um, she she likes doing very silly voices and I have them to follow up with the silly voice. So she is perfect for me, but, you know, you, you, it's a sort of permanent um, game show. You know, to that. But no, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. And um, yes, and you did a Q&A. How did that go? Was that good fun? It was very good fun. We had some lovely, lovely people from uh, from the Patreon slash Discord group. They asked some brilliant questions. And uh, I, I think we, we had some very interesting discussions. Well, I'll tell you, tell you the, I mean, you know, I could sit here telling you all about it. There's no point, really. But we had the wonderful Matt Young on, who, of course, as you know, is a qualified referee. So we had a fascinating chat about referees and VAR. Oh, which is very. I know you'd have enjoyed that, but no, it was really good to do. And I th- and, and I, what I loved about it is the fact there's there's no running order and no script at all. It's completely off the cuff, and you know we pr- I pray like hell that they're going to ask questions, but they all did. It was great fun. So we'll do another one. But I've come to blows with Matt. 
No, you would have. You would have. Uh, I think seen embraced him. Yeah, you would have. You would have got buddied up on the whole ref thing. I think. Good. Yeah. Anyway, who have we got on the show tonight? That's enough. Um, we have, of course, the the marvelously erudite and opinionated knowledge of the game, and of course of the Chelsea team, the superb Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. How are we? All right, mate. All the better for seeing you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Looking forward to. Uh... Having a few words, although I can't think of there's much to talk about this no, evening. Absolutely, we'll do, we'll do our best. Yeah, nothing to talk about, nothing to see here. Um, I see you were uh, on Went to Mo King's Meadow this week. I was, I was. I saw Dean outside King's Meadow on Sunday, um, and he said, "Would I like to come on the fan cast?" And I said, "Yes, I would." Yeah. So I did. And he 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 said in his because of course as you know I I edit and publish it myself. And uh, in his words, he said, and, and uh, I, we're honoured to have the fan cast's most popular member on there, I think he said, something like that. I suspect that's not yeah, true. It's very kind of him to say that. Something like that. Anyway, good to see you, old Bean. And last but no means least, JK, who else do we have on? He sort of returns all the time and he's, he's you know, <laughs> he's unbelievably excellent and blows us all away with his... He knows sort of- stuff, doesn't he? stuff unlike stuff, us expresses it well writes terrific articles you know i mean you know I could, uh, um it's of course the fantastic adam Newson from football.london thank you very much jk a joy a joy to have you on here mm. a joy that we can all listen to your pearls of wisdom and go oh i didn't know that oh he knows so much <laughs> i'll try my best tonight <laughs> and how are you adam it's been rather a quiet week for you i would imagine yeah yeah nothing nothing major um quiet tuesday so mm. yeah nice and relaxed don't feel about three or four years older than i did at the start of the week, so. i mean in all seriousness you know we all we all kind of have our views on the transfer window some people are absolutely obsessed by it some people are, pretend that they're not interested like we do but in fact probably really are um but for a journalist yes it's really hard work i mean how stressful is it yeah, very stressful because there's so much noise and it's really difficult sometimes to sort of see through it all and work out what's actually true and what's not. So you end up, um, especially on deadline day, I mean, I was theoretically on a shift from 2 till 12, but I probably ended up working about half 7 in the morning till it was about 2 a.m. I think I stopped. Wow. So, yeah, they're long days. So journalists don't tend to like the transfer window just because of how much it messes around your life to be honest yeah i can understand that and now we're going to make you work even more because we're going to be talking <laughs> about that the, the chelsea fan cast can no longer ignore it we can no longer bury our heads in the sand we can no longer give the old like we care attitude anymore because bugger me chelsea have had a transfer window and then some <laughs> I, I shall just reel this off because it is quite mental all right uh i'll start, start from the bottom working upwards all right uh, uh, well, actually, okay. No, I've I've, I've included I've included. I'll tell you what. I, I I shall start from Felix, who we know we got on a loan for eleven million. Uh, Fafana D for twelve million. These are euros, by the way. Santos a uh, twelve point five. Gusto mucho gusto thirty million euros. Maduiki or Madueki, uh thirty five million euros. Bada Badia Shield thirty eight million euros. Mudrik. 
70 million euros and then the uh cherry on the top of the uh ice cream on the cake uh fernandez uh for the small amount of 120 million euro now of course this is adding to the ones we made in the summer so fafana w Cucurella, Sterling, Koulibaly, Chukwuemeka and Slanina. So it's just been bonkers. I mean, that's what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 signings since they took over. Uh, it's a whole flaming team. Now, I, I, I always get my info from Transfer Mict because I believe that they are the best. They had a little graphic, and I'm not sure quite what this applies to, but um, uh, basically uh, income in 22 i don't know i mean basically they reckon that you know we've, we've brought in 67.83 million euros and spent 611.49 euros and therefore we have a, an overall balance of minus 543.66 million euros so they've spent a bit of cash got lots of questions for you adam can i just uh throw in as well there's yeah, no uh, cesare cassaday's not on that list no nope. Amari Hutchinson's not on that list. Nope. Eddie Beach on that list. No. Nope. Andre, the Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, he's on it. Santos. But yeah, there's a few okay, okay. I think were, were classed as. I only use their first names. <laughs> I think there's a couple who were obviously classed as under 21 yeah. signings so wouldn't be on that list. I mean, it's just. It, I mean, you know, we, 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 we do our 50 years series, as we all know. And, and not long ago, we were doing the. 2004 5 and 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 the 3 4 and and the amount of signings we we made in that which we always thought we'd never see the like of again um and, and yet and yet people, people went out and at the moment only well one... we'll get to the the buggers who haven't left in a minute i want to focus on the arrivals first then departures but oh, i take I just, i'd add that from the 2004 2005 i know i know that was the summer though wasn't it i think the the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the bizarre thing if you like about this is this is all in, in january where you don't generally we, i mean the rule of thumb is you don't make decent signings in january yeah but they've done it in case we don't qualify for the champions well League. i think they've been very clever on lots of areas adam right um i'm going to ask you some questions here um we brought in a lot of players, all right? Mm. Does this mean, and actually, to be fair, it looks like we've pretty much now, I mean, I mean, okay, a, a, a world-class or potentially world-class striker perhaps we don't have, but I think we've basically got all the, all the positions covered that we've been moaning about for what seems like an eternity. <clears throat> but we've got a lot of players here. Has, has Potter got everything he needs, do you think? No, I still don't think he has. What, CR, uh, Silver, you know, Thiago at the back, Mudrick in attack, <laughs> Chelsea's going to win the Champions League again? I still think they are short. Obviously, you mentioned a striker. I would say they still lack a number six in the sort of strictest sense of a more defensive-minded number six in there. Um, so we're still missing uh, Rice? Uh Yes, you can put it that way. Um, someone of that profile, someone who's going to sit there and enable all these wonderful attacking players to do their thing and know that there is that security, the the Makalele, the Nemanja Matic, that, that physical imposing presence in the midfield is probably what I think is needed most. Um, and I think you could probably argue that a goalkeeper, another sort of outstanding world-class goalkeeper, I think you could make that argument. That being said, 
and without trying to fast forward goalkeeper i know something they're looking at for the summer central midfield as i say and more physically imposing number six is something they're looking at in the summer and strikers something they're going to be looking at in the summer so they know that the issues uh well the, the team is foolish foolish for us to think otherwise would it really um, with what they've done here now it would be foolish to think suddenly they go oh no we're complete now we're, we're happy because the way they've done business it just makes sense that they will do that yeah so it's not entirely the picture is not entirely drawn yet um there will be more more added to it but i think there is a sense now obviously going into I mean, it's, it's not quite the second half of the season, but for, for argument's sake, the second half of the season, having had a two-week break to really work on things, having key players back from injury, having the new signings, there's definitely a lot more optimism about what can be achieved going forward. Well, I mean, that that's kind of my next... Qu- Sorry, JK, that's kind of my next question, really, because we spent a shitload of money. We've bought a lot of, you know, young players, but, you know, highly rated players, you know, and I'm I'm just thinking... And J.K. because we know that he's a genius. We we established this on the on the previous the the you know last show he was on that actually J.K. in spite of all evidence to the contrary is in fact a genius. And he was saying this. He said no 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 they're going to buy loads and he was saying this in October. I said no, this. Yeah yeah no they're going to buy loads of players and they they're absolutely going to insist. Fine. I gonna, did say I did yeah, say that they're going to insist on they're going to insist on the fact that we get in the Champions League. So here's yeah. the thing. They bought a shitload of players. They spent a whole load of money. Are they going to insist on top four? Does that mean more pressure for Potter? They, from what I gather, are, of course, pushing for top four and they'd love to finish in the top four. If they don't finish in top four, it won't mean end game for Graham Potter. Um, they say have have given him a lot of tools. I think they said they, they know they haven't completed it yet. But yeah, if Chelsea finish sixth, seventh, fifth, and don't get Champions League, of course, it's not ideal. It's not where they want to to be, but I don't think it would be the end for Graham Potter, to be honest. I think they still believe in him. They believe in the person as well as the coach. They think he's the sort of guy who essentially, I mean, as you know, he is a smart tactician, probably not at the Tuchel level, but he is a smart tactician. But I think the man-manager aspect of Graham Potter is really going to come out over the next few months as he tries to juggle. Well, how's he going to do that? He's got. Well, I say he he's gonna. It's gonna be a real test of him yeah. in terms of trying to keep a lot of players happy because the the first team squads I think are about thirty thirty one players at the moment, which it obviously was isn't hard. Adam at the presser when he was asked about the three players who were going to be available for the. He's got to tell them before eleven o'clock tonight mm. because eleven o'clock tonight is the deadline. So we'd have told them already as to who the three are going to be that are going to be allowed in. Because there was this rumor going around all over the internet that no, no, they're all they're all class B youths. We can have four of them in, and that was rubbish. You knew, you knew that was rubbish, but that was. Yeah. So he's got to tell these these three, and everybody was guessing which three they'd be. But you know, I'm whoever it's the three he's got to tell who aren't going to be the, the the three difficult. But but it's it's the way of the world. I have to say that I watched the presser again, and and um, uh, he was very happy. But despite that, he still talks absolute banalities. And you put a lovely question in about. Um, the injuries, which we'll get on to, which was once again inter- interesting, very interesting, because I had no idea that Kovacic was injured, for example, but uh, I thought he was back in again. But um, uh, um, but he made a very big thing for the first time of saying, I don't know anything about anything, I'm just a coach. I noticed that as a, he said that several times. I thought that was really interesting, that suddenly we're now getting into an area where he, he's stressing that he's got to make them work on the pitch, as opposed to being asked questions about the club in an overall fashion, which is fair enough. But 
I wish he'd stop saying, you know, we need to move forward. Uh, we've got to be positive. I really wish he'd stop it because it's just shit. You know, it's just it's yeah, very professional of you to actually ask a question about the game the following day. Yes. How dare you? Who's actually playing or who's injured? I always feel team news should be the first question asked, but that's just a personal thing. Uh, Adam, you know, who do you think is going to make the Champions League cut then out of that very long list that I read out a minute ago? God, um, I literally had to write a piece about this earlier. and Good, I, good job I asked you the question then, didn't it? You've done your I homework. Spent, I spent about an hour trying to work out what I would do and no permutation was I completely happy with. And I, I think, I don't, you know, I put this out on on, on Twitter Whatever Graham Potter decide is going to be the wrong thing if if and when, or if Chelsea go out the Champions League, there will be a, oh, he should have put this player in, or he should have put that player in. So it is complete double-edged sword in that respect. But I think we can guarantee that Enzo Fernandez will be in, Mudrik will be in, and then you have to pick. And I think I went for Jao Felix because of the invention that he brings in the middle of the pitch, which is where Chelsea have struggled And experience. But I would not have any argument if someone decided to not put him in and went for Badia Shil, um, largely because of of how he's performed and, and probably how poorly Kulibaly's performed at times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so they, 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 I don't think there's a right or wrong decision here. He's going to have to make that call. Am I right in thinking yeah. that, that one of the players that is being bandied about, and it will be a risk, was sort of getting Bettinelli out of there? So yeah, you, so then you've, got, you've still got two goalkeepers. Yeah, and you can add. Um, so this was kind of a workaround, where you can add Lucas Bergstrom to the B list, um, take out Bettinelli, and you you could get three, three of the new signings in. Obviously, is Slovenia um, not on the B list? He's on loan, isn't he? No, no, um, he's permanent. But you have to be at uh, a club for a certain amount of time to be okay. able to go to the B list and, and Bergstrom's been here for a good few years so he's classed as club trained so there is a way around it but even that I mean is is it's risky um, because all you need you know Kepper and, and Mendy have both had injuries this season the last thing you'd want to get to is a, a Champions League semi-final and have so, Marco Ambrosio in goal well that's kind of, you know, not even that, a, a kid, essentially. You go, you know, say, say for argument's sake, Mendy's injured, Kepa plays, Kepa gets sent off. You've got a kid who's got half a season non-loan at Peterborough to fall back on to come on in a Champions League semi-final. Come on, where's your sense of romance? It's a great story for a journalist. <laughs> oh, if that helps. I am just saying, I mean, it, that's that's the risk and it may be one that they take. You know, we'll find out probably by tomorrow morning what they've decided to do because otherwise you do have to take out one of the maybe a Chukwameka or you take out a Pulisic because he's injured at the moment or a Ziyech because, you know, he was expected to go. If Ziyech had gone, it obviously solves that problem, but he, he's still here. So, yeah, it's it's incredibly complicated and I don't envy Graham Potter and his staff having to sit down, A, and make these decisions and then B, have the conversations with the players who are not going to be in because that is not an easy conversation to have. Yeah, definitely. Clayton uh, and, and, and Jonathan, I'll ask you in turn, uh, and then I'll finish up with Adam as well. But um, J- uh, Clayton, are you, are you kind of happy with this transfer window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I, you know, I don't. I don't think they've tried hard enough, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's absolutely amazing. It's complete and utter madness. Mm. 
Um, but the one thing that I would say is that you do actually see what they're doing in terms of why they've done it. I mean, the Fernandez thing, I, I'm absolutely convinced that they knew that he'd go elsewhere in the summer if we didn't get him now. Um, Mudrick, I just think he's very funny because of what we did to Arsenal. Um, Badashiel looks looks absolutely superb. Um, everything you read about Gusto, obviously none of us have ever seen him play, looks looks great. Um Felix looked great for 60 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's an amazing window. I mean, they, they, they've done, you know, I, I sort of got really, really hacked off because everybody's saying scattergun this, scattergun that. The summer transfer window was dreadful. And I think that was like supermarket sweep. That was just basically desperation going out and trying to get what they thought the coach needed and probably some of the things the coach wanted. And it just hasn't worked out, although I do actually think that there is a player in Cucurella and I think we just have to give him time. I think he is decent. You know, he's not top class, but we've got a top class left back. Um, but no, here I think that there, there was actually method in the madness. And yeah, I mean, listen, the, the one thing that I think is absolutely hysterical is the fact that we're sort of all on tenterhooks about, are they going to get this one over the line and blah, blah, blah. We never heard of half of them. I mean, I, I don't care. I mean, Adam's a journalist, so he will he will have known a, a lot about the players coming in. But you know, oh, Fernandez, did you pay any attention to him in the World Cup? He scored a great goal, and he you know he looked decent. But I didn't think, oh, we must get him. Mudrick, I'd never heard of, even though I watched the goal show ridiculously, you know, and so I must have seen him score those because every YouTube video is him scoring against Celtic. Um, Badashiel, never heard of him. You know, I mean, Gusto again. And we're all sort of delighted and we've not seen any of these players play. So you have to go on the fact, I mean, I think I joked when I was on the fan cast a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we now have like 437 people in the recruitment department. You've got to think these guys are knowing what they're doing. I think um, Badashiel's coming from, from Monaco, Um and one of the guys I think we're getting in is at Monaco. So there's no coincidence there. Uh, and Cuckoo is coming in and we've got their um, one of their guys. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, considering where we were a couple of weeks ago and how we were all feeling about the club. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's, it's really good. And, and why wouldn't you be happy? And obviously the fact that we've completely created an absolute meltdown in the football world. That's that's the that's the cherry on top, really. Yeah, I mean that that is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt my favourite thing about that. I'm gonna get t shirts, Chelsea fancast t shirts printed with boiling piss since two thousand and three. Because we <laughs> certainly are. Um JK, um you know, I, I'm not going to ask you the stupid question. Are you happy with the transfer window? But I am going to ask you the stupid question. Are you happy with the transfer window? It was completely phenomenal, wasn't it? I mean, it was it just went on and on. And as you say, Clayton, we don't know what any of them are like, other than Mudrick, who was sort of superb for getting off your seat for the minutes that we saw him. And you thought, oh, yeah, this is a proper play. This is the kind of player Chelsea should be buying. As I thought the same with Felix, who was... Once again, the kind of player that we should have been buying all the time automatically, and we haven't seen set the the crowd alight and set the pitch alight. So 
that's just the two of them. But I'm now thinking what it slightly does worries me is that your one's one's almost, I don't know, slightly negative second division approach to football. We're thinking, you know, like, well, he's a good player. He makes an effort. Slightly goes out of the window when you think there are nine other players in his place who could get in instead who are better and are, well, we don't know if they're better. This is the dilemma. But um, it just makes me think, well, will any of the players that we saw play uh, before the uh, the two weeks ever get in again? You just think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving all this, this, you know, Cucurella will come good thing, but I'm working out, is there a place for him? You know, if if Chilwell comes back, it'll be it'll be chilly all the way. He might come on as a sub, I suppose, later on. But um, if if all the players are in the right positions, and of course James will be playing. Well, he's not apparently he's not going to get on, is he? According to the press, he won't get on tomorrow because they're not all all right. But does that mean that Fernandez will get on? I'd I'd love to see Fernandez no, play from the not, beginning. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just I know we're going to get on to it. No, you want we wanted me to ask whether or not I thought it was phenomenal. Yes, it was completely wonderful and fantastic and changes the goalposts everywhere and as you say it was superb to uh to wreck football again for the rest of uh for the rest of the football world i loved all of that destroying football since 2003 yeah we've done it again yeah so we have haven't we i, I love that i mean the, the, i mean okay it well it, here's the thing you see it's, it's not just on social media is it that's the beautiful thing about it I mean, you expect it in social media, particularly Arsenal fans bleating about this, that and the other mugs that they are. But it's great because all of the, you know, Sky Sports hate it. Jim White's got his knickers in a twist. UEFA have got their knickers and it. it's beautiful. I love it. It's exactly where we should be. You know, picking up your point, JK, I've got that wonderful graphic that I, I half inched off Twitter last night, which show it says Chelsea's depth. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what the pecking order is, won't it? And I thought what was really interesting was the way that they included a lot of players who um, really were in danger of forgetting about. So if I quote a few, I mean, Pulisic, we know he's probably going to go. Aubameyang, Lukaku, probably going to go. Ziyech nearly went. Hudson-Odoi probably not coming back. Uh, Bakayoko certainly won't come back. Loftus-Cheek probably go. Uh, Saar, Ampadu. Baba, you know, there's quite a few players there that they've included in the Chelsea's depth that are either away on loan or we'll probably not see again. But it makes it an interesting kind of squad. What I'm really saying is you take those players out, you've got a very interesting squad. So it'd be very interesting to see who is in the pecking order, whether we'll, you know, whether we've seen the last of a lot of those players we saw before the break is moot. I mean, the other thing you've got to factor in, JK, is, of course, a lot of those players are only playing because so many of our team are injured. Yeah. So, you know, that there may be... That element on there. I think I, this is a good segue into... And by the way, before anybody asks, I think it was an amazing transfer window. It's made me chuckle. I think it's very... I mean, I'll tell you what I, what, what I would say before I get into the departures. Maybe it's the time to ask this now. Um, Adam, I mean, is what we're seeing now... I mean, we kind of alluded to this before we went on air, didn't we? Is this is this the Bowley plan in action? Which I think the answer is obviously yes. But, you know, there are risks associated with this because as JK in his own inimitable way has alluded to, you know, we bought potential. It, you know, there's not one player we bought bar Sterling and Cucurella. And, and, and certainly in the in this, this window, there's not one player we've, we've bought who's over the age of 22. So there's a sense to me that they are buying young players. They're buying potential. Uh, there's an inherent risk. I mean, you know, you... We bought Lukaku, who for many people was tried and tested and proven, and he ended up stinking the place out. So, you know, there's no guarantees, are there? 
No, and you know every transfer is a risk for a multitude of reasons. Um, kind of don't know really why it popped into my head, but Brian Laudrup's transfer came into my mind because you never know what can go wrong with a transfer. Suddenly, a player you sign, Casiraghi, Casiraghi is another one, and I know we're going back a long way, but um, Laudrup was yeah. fabulous until he until he, his mind went. He didn't want to play for Chelsea anymore. Yeah, that's what I mean. It goes back into the, every every transfer is a gamble, but. I think what the Bowley model or the Bowley Clear Lake model, I think is pretty clear from this transfer window that they are going to be signing younger players, um, high potential players, players who are deemed the best young players in their positions in, in European football, world football. I think Madrid's potential is is sky high. Obviously, Enzo Fernandez has already won the World Cup. Um uh, like someone like Malagusto. Malagusto is probably a really good example of this, actually, because I, I'm not going to pretend I've seen lots of him play, but he is very, very highly regarded as a very promising, talented right back. And I think in transfer windows past and probably in the Abramovich era, we would have seen Chelsea negotiate with Leon for, for probably a week, two weeks, realised they weren't going to be able to do the deal now and then just gone elsewhere and signed a stopgap, signed yeah. someone else. Whereas... Kula Bally. No, sorry, cooler belly. So I'm talking about. I mean, Zapacosta. Sorry, what I mean. Yes, yeah. that's probably a very good example. Um, whereas obviously this is is, is say is, is a far more longer term thinking of okay, we can't get him now, let's get him for the summer. Um, and yes, it, it's not ideal, and of course you'd love to have him now to to provide some some cover and, and competition for race, but you accept that short term pain, so you've got this hugely talented player, um, on in, in your squad in the summer, and ultimately look. The, the key difference to what they're doing, to, to anything that the Ibrahimovic era did, is all of these guys are coming in on contracts that are obviously very, very long, which we know, but are also not on huge wages. They're not on 300 grand a week. They're not on even 200 grand a week. There's a strong desire from the ownership to bring down the sort of average wage of the squad. And that actually probably gives them some manoeuvrability because if if a transfer doesn't work out, like, let's uh, for argument's sake, Mudrick doesn't work out, He's not even cracking a hundred grand a week at the moment, and that is a way. Given them incentives, have. haven't they? They've given them yes, incentives. It's, it's very heavily weighted um, in incentives and performances, um, but it does give you that 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 maneuverability basically. That if a signing doesn't work out, they are a young enough that they'll still be interest there, and they're b not on the wages that are prohibitive, like we've seen in the past with players like you know even Pulisic and Ziyech and and guys in the past who are on massive wages that no club wants to take on. I mean, the, the interesting thing about that, Adam, sorry to butt in chaps, but the interesting thing about that is that that strategy that we had before was really seen as a way of gaining competitive advantage over other clubs in terms of signing players because we'd just offer them more money and they'd go, oh, yes, please. So it's interesting that we've still been able to buy, you know, okay, we there's a lot of unknowns here, but ostensibly some really good players without having to, to, to you know, have stupid uh, wages thrown at them. And they've still come and chosen us. And that that's probably because of the length of the contract, right? Partly, yeah. Um, and obviously a lot of it is down to being able to understand and want to buy into the longer-term vision of the club. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's somewhat tried and untested, of course, because A, you've got an eight-year contract and, and there'll be issues with that down the line. But there will still come a point, I imagine let's say Enzo Fernandez becomes the best midfielder in the world. Great. Fantastic for Chelsea. But you can guarantee there will come a point when he says, okay, 
it's time to up my wages. I'm going to Real Madrid now. It's big boy wages time or I'll find someone else who will. And that's when the difficulty will come into it. How do you then balance that off? How do you keep players happy? But look, ultimately, you've got Todd Bowley, Bedele Bowley and and Jose Feliciano are three incredibly bright people. Um, And it is no surprise to me that they all looked at the the FFP regulations and went, okay, we can do this, this and this and we'll be all right. So if it gets to that point, I'm sure that they will find um, other ways to to make sure players feel compensated because I say they are a very uh, smart group of individuals. Did you hear the rumour that the finance company they've employed to pay the first tranche of the 34 million is owned by Abramovich? I didn't hear that, but yeah. I... I've heard that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've not heard that. Intrigued, intrigued by the possibility of that. That would be really interesting, wouldn't it, if that was the case? I mean, to be honest, I, like I say, I haven't heard that. I, I haven't done any looking into it. But Clear Lake are obviously absolutely financial behemoths, and I'm sure that they have preferred people that they work with. I, I think the the very fact what we what I talked about it earlier, but what we really didn't consider was the the fact that they were then con- when they were at that salt meeting when um, Bowley was there discussing Chelsea just as being one of his projects, and they were talking about the rest of the projects. Is that was when we should have actually taken everything they were doing really seriously. I remember we mentioned it and saying it just appears to be one of several hundreds. And when he was seen recently at the Golden Globes, having bought that, you then go, oh, yeah, they they own half the world. <laughs> I, I get it. So one they, billion pounds. Yeah, so they could actually. And also the thing that He's he said. Todd he, Bowley, Dr. Evil. He said on the on the on the on the sort thing that he felt that Chelsea marketing had been ignored and they could get it up to yeah. a billion or more. And clearly, this is part of the plan. This this is part of the great. Plan. Well, J.K., who's been uh, front page sports news for the last three weeks? Bowley. Well, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in tenth. Yeah. Having yeah. had a shit season. Might being tenth. Isn't this isn't this whole thing? I mean, we talked to, I'm sure we've talked about it before, the the absolute sort of disregard and ignorance towards Bowley and what he can do. And and I think it's it it's part partially it's an American thing because I, I think the whole Ted Lasso thing has has sort of really reduced people's thoughts about Americans and football to 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 nonsense. I mean uh, when Jesse March came in, he was treated abysmally. You know, not like... Uh, fi- come... Figures are fun, aren't they? Yeah, and not as if, you know, if he'd come from Spain or Germany or Portugal, that, you know, he wouldn't get the disrespect that he's basically, that he's got. Um, and the the thing that amazes me is that uh, Clear Lake are massive. They're absolutely huge. You know, they own sports franchises. You know, they get the, the LA Dodgers and Bowley's involved in that. And they've got a basketball. The Lakers, the Lakers, Clayton. The Lakers. I'm sure they own it, but I think they've got a stake in it on this. They've got that. money in it. They've got money in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the absolute sort of the assumption that these damn Yanks would not have a clue what to do at Chelsea was just very very naive and you don't go and buy something for 2.4 billion or whatever the actual figure was with absolutely no idea what you're going to do with it once you get there these guys are massively wealthy these guys are massively intelligent and they know what they're doing and the fact they'd come in and basically everybody's saying oh you know like i mean we the, the media 
I'm not including you in this, Adam, but I mean the you know the Danny Murphy and oh that you know Tony Chelsea, Poulis, yeah Tony yeah. Poulis, all these things that we've seen on social media. It's just such bollocks. It's it's jealousy, it's clickbait, and it's rubbish. And and the fact is, look, we have bought potential. There's no guarantee that any of this is going to work. I've got my reservations about whether Potter is a big enough character, but we haven't bought in superstars as such. We haven't bought in Ronaldo's and Messi and this, that, and the other people who would who would own the dressing room these these are in the you know these are kids yeah that have basically been brought in which i think will help potter yeah. but whether potter has got the wherewithal to 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 basically and the time because i think okay this season we write off next season i think he's got potentially till christmas if he hasn't got a tune out of what we've got by christmas then I can't see him surviving. But I don't know. I, I just think that it's it, the naivety is, is startling. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's it's it's, it's kind of it, it's it is actually closet racism and and certainly xenophobia and I'm afraid to say a, a horrible dose of English exceptionalism. Tee hee. Um, listen, if there's one area where maybe I'm a bit disappointed, I think J.K. might might share my view on this. But of course, it was probably always going to be a bridge too far. Is the lack of departures of many players that we really know need to go? Um, I mean, the ob- the obvious questions I've got. I'll, I'll fire this at Adam f- first. Really, um, we'll talk about Jorginho in a minute because I think we can look at that in a slightly different light. But Adam, what on earth happened with the ZH non-transfer? I mean, the club had taken a kicking, but I suspect this is all part of the we're now the enemies of football again, uh, kind of a like you know narrative. But what happened? Well, it kind of depends who you listen to, of course. Uh, two sides to every story. Um, the crux of it seems to be that there was a sort of issue with the technology in terms of getting a certain file over to PSG. In time, um, for whatever reason, it, it didn't get there. PSG absolutely fuming um, with with Chelsea and how they handled it. Cry you know, more. You can understand their frustration, of course. I'm sure they, they, they probably could have gone out and got somebody else and they were waiting for the well, best part. They, they could have bid two weeks ago. Of course they could have. Um, but yeah, I mean, from Chelsea's perspective, you know, the, yes, I think something there was a breakdown at somewhere on the line, but like Chelsea, Chelsea were probably focused on a few other most uh, important things on the in those final minutes of deadline day, namely you know trying to get the paperwork through for Enzo. So yes, yeah, the same no problem with with Omar Hutchinson, didn't they as well going to West Brom? That didn't uh, happen. That I think was more because West Brom very suddenly pivoted to signing Mark Albrighton. Um, you know, you could make the decision as to why you'd do that over a very exciting young winger, but you know. Um, but yeah, I, I feel for Ziyech, I do, um, because I know he he wanted out of Chelsea a month. It's not been that much of a secret. He had everything lined up. He was willing to put money in his uh, his hand in his own pocket to make sure he got PSG. Um, and he's left there in the PSG offices at 11 o'clock, not understanding what's going on. So yeah, interesting situation that for him. He was back in training today uh, at Cobham. So if he can put that all behind him, then, then good luck to him because I think in the last few games he's shown that he's been good player there. 
So he might be playing tomorrow. He could be playing tomorrow. <laughs> but no, can I just make a quick point? I wonder whether they haven't got rid of everybody, Chidge, but you asked that question, because um, I noticed that when Felix played against Fulham, everybody went up a gear. And I wonder whether they're actually thinking, will some of these players, I mean, it casts terrible doubt upon their 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 desire to play for Chelsea, but will they escalate into the team more, giving them an opportunity to just be part of the, of, to see whether they gel given the new players are around them, whether if you just went, well, they're not good enough, they're not good enough, get rid of them, you wouldn't be seeing the potential of them playing with these new players and then obviously make a decision in the summer. Yeah. But also, they, they're so stats mad now that you can see if somebody's not performing. I mean, I would hope that they'll do the stats on on, on Loftus-Cheek and notice that, he, he, you know, he, he, he sort of disappears for periods. You'd have thought that's the case. Or you say to them, you disappear for this period. Can you actually make a bit more effort during this part of the game or whatever? You know, that's what all these stats are for, all these people are for. And also just to say briefly about the, the stats, the guy wins Stanley. Uh, apparently he and and um, who went, he went to when he went to Portugal um, with to Benfica, they do fantastic presentations, which really convinces the player to join the club in all these instances. So I think they they outline what the potential is and what the idea for the club is. It'll be interesting to find out what they actually talk about, if there was ever a possibility of what they say to the player to 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 attract them to the club. The very fact that, that apparently Fernandes was was bowled over and so was by, by the whole... He was present- bo- he was bowled over, get it right. Bowley- hey, I'm so sorry, bowled over. Except it's not bowly, is it? It's uh, it's when Stanley and... Um, uh, he was running it, yeah, from, from London. Yeah, well, that's right. Bowley was on Zoom. I remember reading about that. That's right. He's on there as well. But I'm just intrigued by this. The way that they pitch stuff is obviously very, very classy. But yeah, if it's very data driven, be interesting to see if people people evolve. I mean, Havertz suddenly started to develop briefly, developed a pretty decent relationship with Felix for the 50 minutes that he was on the pitch. And then when he when he went off, it all fell apart again. But, you know, you just go, well, will they work better with these players? So therefore, don't make a decision. That's why they haven't got rid of as many as you thought they might have done in the transfer window. But I think I think they're definitely going to have to get rid of a lot of players because they. Yeah, need, yeah. They, I'm, well, I'm they, to. well, they yeah. well, a because we think a lot of them are shocking, but also because yeah. they need to to balance the books for FFP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my my worry, my worry is that it will be more attractive financially to sell some of the homegrown players than the Pulisic's of this world because you know it's all profit. And that will make a big difference on the balance sheet for FFP. That's the worry I have. But and yet, if they're not good enough, no, if they're not good enough, of course. All things being equal, J.K. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but let's say they're on a par. Let's say you got two players on a par. One who's you spent hundred, you know, sixty, seventy yeah. million on, and one you spent nothing on. You and I both know that it's the financially prudent thing to do to sell them. Yeah, and I think that would be really unfair. But anyway, let's talk about. Um, you know, I, just, I, I do think come the summer they will move players on, and January is not an easy window to do no, it. Exactly. Well, I think it was always going to be a hard ass, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there's not a huge amount of clubs who are no. willing to spend big money in January, no. and it goes back to <clears throat> the previous issue we were saying. There's a lot of players from the Abramovich era who are on a lot of yeah, money, exactly, um, and it's not easy to find anyone who's going to take that. You know, people like. Look, I think in the summer it's 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 going to be interesting to see who they move on. Um, you know, we know that they want a younger squad. So do they look at offers for players like maybe Mateo Kovacic? Do you open up that avenue for him? Um, do you focus more on someone like a Kai Havertz? Because he'll have, I think, maybe two years left on his contract, maybe one. Um, 
two, I think. And but then obviously the big the the big sort of elephant in the room in that respect is Mason Mount if he hasn't signed a contract and gets to a year. So, yeah, yeah, Mount and Gallagher. But if, if if their performances don't reach the required level, if in this new environment Mace doesn't come up to the to the uh, um, to the plate as they say in America, then then uh, why not? It's an awful thing to say, but if they're not, if once again the stats, if there's a better player there. I'm afraid. I think the whole, the whole structure of the side disappears. Well, what, what we what we hope, because we do have a, you know, oh. I would hope, I hope, I would hope all of us have a soft spot for some of these younger players. Oh, because hang on, just hang on, hear me, hear me out. Because we because we really? ident because we identify with them and all the rest of it. My hope is that, like Frank Lamb, we said this the other week, didn't we? When when Frank, you know, was bought on on in those days, a lot of money. Suddenly, we started to bring in all these world class midfielders. What did Frank do? He stepped up. So that's what you hope. And you're right, JK. Football is a cruel game. And if you don't step up, if you're not good enough, off you jolly well go. And that's the reality. I, I get it, mate. I really do. Um, I do think um, Mason's having his obviously poorest season for us at the least opportune time for him in terms of having these contract talks. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think Potter will have a lot of say in this as well because, you know, it's not all it's not all stats. Potter, Potter will have a say in this too. I mean, there's no... There's no act. I mean, he's played every game for us this season, pretty much, you know, and that that will tell you a lot of what you need to know. Right, we need to quickly talk about the departures before we go to a break. And obviously, the 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 only departure from what I can tell was dear old J five to J two O Clayton. Um, he gets a lot of stick from us. Some of it's deserved. A lot of it isn't. What's our kind of final word on the the uh, enigma wrapped around the enigma that is Jorginho? You're on mute, mate. That's, I haven't heard that statement for a long time. Um, a very decent player. Um, I'm not sure he was right for us a lot of the time. I think he was very good in Europe. Uh, the Premier League sussed him out, but he still had a lot of decent games. Um, I'm not sorry he's gone. I don't, as I say, our transition our transitioning over the last couple of years has been pretty hopeless, pretty slow. And a lot of that, not solely down to him, but partially down to him. Um, I think he's been okay for us. I know that people absolutely detest him. I know that some people love him. Um, he was basically Sari's love child and, and you know, he's, he suffered from being that, but you know, when you saw him weeping after the Champions League win, I mean, how how can you dislike? And mentioning all the stick he'd got. Yeah, and how how can you dislike him? I mean, uh, listen, I don't think he he ever he ever hid. Now that's not to say that he wasn't bullied on the pitch and what have you, but that's not his fault. If he were, you know, if he was picked and he didn't have the players around him to protect him, but yeah, I think he suffered because of the lack of other players around him. You know, if he would have played with a Canton, a, a sort of dynamic midfield player with him, which, you know, sometimes we just didn't have. And and two two man midfield with him and Kovacic always looked awful. And so yeah, I mean I'm not sorry to see him go, uh, but I I I really, really peed off this week the amount of absolute bollocks on on Twitter. That he was getting, you know, we're, we've we've had the best transfer window, you know, that we probably 
ever had, potentially. And all people were going, oh, grab that piece of crap's out the door. Oh, fuck off. You know, that that's just, that's not right. That really isn't right. You know, the, the guy, you know, is Chelsea player. He didn't sort of, you know, th- there are other players who you've seen have noticeably down tools on the pitch. I never saw him do that. No, that's a really, really fair point. I mean, he always gave of his, you know, he did, he always tried. He always gave of his best. And I remember when Frank came in and we all thought, oh, well, you know, that's, the, you know, the, the because he was, he was a system player uh, designed uh, around Sarri's idea of how to play football. He was integral to that. Um and uh, they effectively, you had to build the team around him to make that work. So I thought he'd, you know, be off as soon as Frank turned up. Frank picked him, made him captain, and that's like his second game in in charge. You know, that, and he... sorry, no, it's changed. The one thing I didn't actually mention, and and uh, I don't know whether Adam knows, but I actually think the one the, the one thing that's been missed in all of this is is how big he is in the dressing room. Yeah. Um, and with all these kids coming in. Obviously, we've still got the magnificent silver, but we are now lacking a, a lot of um, experience you know, leaders. That kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Adam? No, yeah, he, he was very, very well liked in the dressing room, very well respected by um, his teammates who had very good things to say in terms of his sort of match intelligence and, and technique. Of course, I mean, look, we, we know... We know what Jorginho's weaknesses were, but we also know what his strengths yeah. were. Um, he will never have a better year than 2021 when he was very, very good in, in, in the Champions League run. Maybe not at Kante levels, but still very influential. Obviously won European Championships with Italy as well. Um, and he he leaves as a player who you know is, is going to go down as one of the most polarising players in, in Chelsea history, without a doubt. But nobody can deny that he has played a key role in several cup wins and leaves, I think, I want to say with most people's well wishes. Yeah. Um, yes, he, he had some tough moments. He he battled through them as a character. I mean, if if, if you dig out the, the piece uh, he did with the Players' Tribune, I think it was last year, it's absolutely fascinating backstory, leaving Brazil at sort of 14, 15, going to Italy on his own. I mean, this is a tough tough guy in terms of his character um so good luck to him yeah. and and look you know he, he's got a move that suits him contract wasn't going to be renewed by Chelsea this enables him to stay in in London with you know his family um and you know Chelsea get a transfer fee for a player they would have lost for nothing and, yeah. and ask to get a player to help their their title push it is it is a rare occasion probably where it, it's a win for everybody involved in a transfer mm. it, it's to me he's there's an aspect of the you wouldn't call him a legend, but he's part of the, the the great Champions League win. So you can never take that away from him, which is a which was wonderful. And he, as you say, played wonderfully in Europe for that in that season. Um, but he could have complete and utter stinkers, couldn't he, of a game occasionally? You know, like when he when the ball was lofted miles and he missed it completely and it went through. And they get, was that against Arsenal? And I'm afraid I called him the c word on the fan cast because I was so so fed up with him at the time. I, I remember there, there was a game, I think it was last season, we played away at Sheffield United and we we were awful in the first half and Sheffield United just got at yeah, him. Absolutely, they got to they, everybody. They sat they? on him and this, that and the other and I thought, 
you know, I thought at half time, I thought you've got to take him off, Tuchel. You've got to take him off. He's basically being bullied, this, that, and the other. Second half, he played really well, you know, and he, he basically sorted himself out. And yeah, I, I just, a lot, lot of good things about him. But yeah, I mean, yes. But I think, I think the, the underlying point here is that sometimes, you know, you've got to, you've got to blame the managers here because, you know, if we can see it, why can't they? So why put a player with obvious weaknesses into a position where that's going to be exploited? And I think for me, one of them, I mean, look, I I don't mean this to sound like we're just, just, you know, kicking him for the sake of it, because as we've all been saying, I think, I mean, you know, some of the contributions he's made to this club have been absolutely stellar and fantastic, but I will never forget uh, when we played Spurs away, I think it might've been Wembley, the way they just absolutely attacked down the left and exploited the space that he was going to leave. You know, that you've got to blame the managers sometimes and say, well, mate, why are you exposing him to that? You know, and yeah. the other thing that I, I, I'm annoyed about, which again is something to do with the managers, is, you know, the way, you know, in some games you would have to play, it's almost like he had to have a minder with him to make up for those weaknesses. Well, if you know that he's got those weaknesses, again, why pick him in that position? It's just stupid. And not fair, not fair on him either. Actually, to be fair, yeah, I think you know it's probably one of <clears throat> Tuchel's most famous sort of monologues where he went off on about four minutes about Jorginho, and uh, and you know admitted that you have to make sure the structure is set up around him properly. Um, and if you don't do that, I think to you know this isn't me projecting; it's very much Tuchel's words. He will be exposed because physically he's not maybe at the top level. But if you put that in, 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 you know, that structure around him, you put him in a midfield that has legs in it. Um, you know, which you know, N'Golo Kante is very best can do the the, the Kante twins role. Um, you, you've then got a very good player. Um, but of course, you need that structure. And and as he's going to get older, or as he gets older, the physical decline will be more stark and it will be more obvious. But again, it's it's then on the coach, as you say, Chid. It's then on the coach to devise a structure. Or, or be selective of, of when you use him and, and know when you're going to get the best out of him and, and what games you can pick him in. And look, for, for Arsenal at this point, he's probably a very, very good signing because they do dominate games, they do dominate the ball, and he will hopefully have players alongside of him who, who will do a lot of the running for him. Um, but for Chelsea, going forward, what they need, yeah, he's probably not not what they need going forward. And and the leadership stuff is 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 noteworthy, but it's also something I've been told that the club are aware of as well in the dressing room. They know that they might need a, a leader or two in there in terms of a personality. So they're, si- they're signing Winston Churchill in the summer. Aren't leader they? doesn't have to mean old. I was going to say, you know, you don't you, you can have a bigger personality. We've seen you know captains in years past who would. It's pointing to Rice, isn't it? Really, a little bit because Rice is a character, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I just say that. Pat Nevin remembered Chidge at the yeah. that said that he yeah. rated he rated uh, Jorginho as 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 a great midfield player. Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's, he's one of his favourites, and 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 Pat was a huge fan of Sarri. Yeah. Well, it's this is it was his kind of player. He's a clever bloke. He likes technical football. But you know, I I I mean, my final word on it is I hope this, you know, the departure of J five Jorginho signals the death of uh, the Sarri era in all its forms so on the pitch and on social media 
at Chelsea, and I will drink to that. Right, uh, we're going to have a quick break, then we'll be back to talk about the Chelsea versus Fulham match tomorrow night on a bloody Friday. What's going on? When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is David Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show on a Thursday, largely because we have a game tomorrow night. And that game, of course, is Chelsea versus Fulham. And I've got uh, Jonathan Kidd with me to discuss it. Fantastic to be on the show, Chidge. Thank you. The lovely housewife's choice, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Good evening. And our favourite, favourite journalist, Mr. Adam Newsom. Hope Liam's not listening. Oops, and uh, our, our equal favourite journalist, uh, Adam News. Sorry, Liam. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Out of mind, out of sight. You see, Adam. There you go. That's what I'm, <laughs> all I'm going to say on that one. Chidge, yes. can I just say I loved your reference to uh, Fernandez now being E5, yeah. and you say <laughs> you think that he should be known as Hackney from now on. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. That was very clever. Hey, thank you. I thank you. I have my moments. I have my moments. Uh, let's wonder if I've had one of my moments with the team selection. Uh, this could be interesting N- or not. I mean, here's the thing. We've still got bags of injuries. I've, al- I've already found out from you two or, or a couple of you tonight that two of my picks are, won't be playing. So I've got no idea, but I'm going to give this a whirl. Uh, my, my team for tomorrow night is Kepper in goal. I'm going 4-2... Three one, by the way, uh, because that's what he's been playing recently, and I think he'll do that. Uh, anyway, uh, Kepper in goal, uh, Cucurella at left back because uh, Chilwell's not ready yet. Uh, Badia Shial uh, and Silver as the centre backs. I had picked James for the right back. Uh, he's not going to be playing, so I would imagine they'll be playing uh, Gusto there, or I hope they will, and not Dave. 
Uh, in the midfield, he's, he's not here. He's at no, Leon. Hang on, well, well, not, not, don't all talk at once because I'm not. I, I can't see at the moment because I got my team sheet up. So one of you at a time. Adam first. Malagusto is at Leon until the summer. Oh right, so I completely fucked that one up. I clearly was not paying attention on that. Well, if the transfer bloody window was so busy, I was going to miss something. So okay, we'll park that for the right back, knowing that Reese is not playing. J.K., what were you about to say? Were you about to say the same thing? Yes. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Can I go back to my team selection? Yes. Can I, can I just chime in again? He said that Reese can't do ninety. Yes. Oh. Okay. So he might get a bit of time. And that was Adam's question. So Adam knows. Oh. Oh. Okay. Why well, didn't I was busy working trying to earn a bloody living after the flaming money I've given to the tax man? So I didn't hear the presser. Anyway, going on. Mystery right back midfield. I think Fernandez will get his debut. Originally, I said Kovacic, but apparently he's still injured, according to Adam. So. Take your pick. Gallagher or Chuck? Maybe Gallagher. I would like to see Gallagher there, maybe. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, and then at the bottom of the three, Mount in the effectively the number 10 role. Uh, Mudrich has to start for me on the left. Um, given that Sterling's not fit, Pulisic is not fit, ZH may be sulking, although maybe not. I think it's a toss-up between Madueki or ZH on the right. And I think given what you were saying earlier on, Adam... I suspect it'll be Ziyech, but uh, why not Madueke? And I think Havertz still still starts for me because we know Felix is still uh, suspended because of his red card. And uh, he doesn't seem to like playing uh, Fafana yet. So there you go, boys. What do you think? Silence. Um, no, that, no, that I, good, was it? No, no, no. I was wait, we were waiting for you to choose somebody. Oh, I'm, oh OK. JK. Thank you. Um, he'll <laughs> uh, play Chalabar. Right, right, and I think um, he'll play James about halfway through, and they'll they'll, they'll change to a, a three with 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 two wing backs uh, later on when James comes on because it, it's a it, he likes obviously he's best in that position. What what minute? Fifty um, seventh. Marvelous. When we're when we're three nil down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, he'll play Hall at left back instead of Cucurella, I reckon. Um, if he does play the four, because I, I, I'm still not convinced that Cucurella is. Um... He did all right against Liverpool. Just giving Chidger the look of death. Um, and um... he did. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> quite work That's on the great face podcast from... medium. Doesn't, doesn't work on radio. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> well, no, what I mean by that is, um, I, Cucurella needs to step up really several positions not well well what's the word he needs to be he needs to play more at the level he was playing at brighton because we're not seeing that at the moment his his body position most of the time is to play the ball backwards and sideways he's that, just... that, that's because at brighton he was playing in a better team than he is at the moment hey i'm inclined to agree with you i'm inclined to agree but um no i just think hall although as we've said raw is uh um, uh, plays better at fullback at the moment. He does at midfield. I, I, anyway, I, I'm 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 a fan of his. I think they should keep going with him. But ultimately, I have to say, if it um, when Chilwell comes in, uh, they don't get a go. You know, for me, um, uh, if Chilwell gets back to his best, um, uh, what's Kovacic done, Adam? Do you know what he's done? Is it is it the recurrence of his knee injury? Is it the same thing? Do you know? Uh, no, he didn't actually mention it, Potter. Exactly what it was. Um, but I imagine, oh God, what did he have before? It was his knee. It was his knee, wasn't it? But also, last time he he um he missed what game was it? He missed a game because of his calf. Um, oh, it was his calf. Okay, okay. But it was I can't remember what it was. It might have been it was Palace, maybe. 
he was absent from the squad or, or maybe Liverpool? Oh, God, I can't remember. I, I, I've, got, I've got no idea whether he played, how do you pronounce his name, Maduke or not. I don't, I, I would be great if he did give him a go, but, um, uh, and it'd be great to see Mudrik start from the, from the go from the beginning. And I think he will. But, um, I, I'd be, I'd be, the possibility of Zayek playing would be fine. I'd be fine with it. He played really well when he was last playing. And um, but the trouble is, you know, will he be bothered now? I suppose he will. He's a professional, and he was playing better. Um, uh, but yeah, Havertz instead of Aubameyang. Aubameyang doesn't seem to fit into this setup. I'd be intrigued to see if Aubameyang, if James is playing. I think Aubameyang will score. J.K. I'd rather um, play a boomerang than a Aubameyang. No, 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 no. We, he started off well. Something just hasn't happened. If James is there, yeah, Tuchel the, left. They anticipate. That's true. That's true. And they anticipate. Yeah, he scored three goals under Potter. He, he has had a Potter. Yeah. If James is, if James comes on and they'll bring Abamyang on, I think Abamyang will score. Actually, that's my prediction. Okay. Wonderfully specific as always, Clayton. Um, I think the back four. I agree, but I um, and what was like J.K. said. I think that um, Chaloba or Chalabar, whatever you want to say, will start instead of James. He'll play the same back four that he did against Liverpool because they actually played well. Um, I hope Fernandez starts. Uh, I mean, I was really intrigued to see that Jao Cancelo played for Bayern yesterday. Um, the day after he got transferred. So, you know, I mean, Fernandez has been playing, so possibly. Um, who else in midfield? I don't know whether he'll give Hall another go in midfield. Um, I don't think Madueke will start. I might be wrong. Um, I think he would probably play uh, Ziyech instead of Madueke. Um But yeah, I mean, we've got lots of options now, haven't we? Gallagher should start, shouldn't he? We didn't mention that. Now, consider Kovacic. You'll play. I Gallagher. did. Yeah, that's a good point. You did as an option after Kovacic. Yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. Yeah. I'm not. I. I, I mean, I haven't seen enough of Fernandez. Well, I've, I've seen overall of Fernandez apart from the World Cup. Um, I know that he's sort of left-sided, but it'd be quite interesting to see how he affects how the team plays. So I think the sort of the transitioning will be a lot quicker. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether he can play with somebody like Gallagher. I mean, Gallagher's, you know, so much energy. And it'd be great to have a, a midfield that's got energy. Mm. After and, and can shoot, Clayton, and can shoot. Well, yeah, I don't think he's prolific. I don't think he's prolific. But, I mean, certainly with Gallagher and Fernandes in it, it's, it's a midfield that's actually got goals in it as opposed to none. <laughs> Mm, interesting. Right, let's ask the expert then, Mr. Newson. Um I think the back four with Chalaba right back is logical. Um seeing as as Aspi's legs probably still aren't there for this game. Um and he defended Willian really badly for the Fulham goal at Craven Cottage. So I'd give Trev another go. Um yeah, I think midfield's a really interesting area because obviously there's no there's no Kante, there's no Kovacic, there's no Denis Sakaria, and obviously Georgie's gone. So you're left with a midfield without a sort of deeper player there. And I kind of am getting a feel, I'm getting a feeling that he might go with Loftus Cheek because we know Loftus Cheek's played that deeper role before under Tuchel. Um, and if you do that, then maybe you can put Fernandez, who did train today, um, 
alongside him and then and then you build from there so yes yeah i think maybe loftus cheek comes in and then it kind of depends if you want to go with a midfield three i think you maybe put gallagher for his legs in there um to play on the, on the right side of a three with loftus cheek and fernandez and then yeah i kind of think Havertz. well Havertz will start i have my i have a gut feeling that sterling might start because he is fit is he, he trade yeah he's been training this week um so I don't. I have a feeling he may start on the right, and then the left. You have a toss-up probably between Madrid and, and Mount. I would say, um, like you know, I, I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, actually with Mount, he's not in great form. I, I do think there's been an element of Potter playing him, playing him, playing him, trying to play him into form, and it hasn't really worked. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking him out of, of the sort of starting 11 for a couple of games, let him rest up a bit, hopefully restore his confidence a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'd quite like to see Madrid play just because the flash that we saw at Anfield was very encouraging. Um, but the only thing is I'm sure he won't be able to play 90 because he's played the best part of 25-odd minutes since November. So he won't be match fit. I, I think that, I mean, you know, for me, I mean, you know, obviously this depends on what Potter thinks, but I think Mount starts depending on what formation Potter chooses. And I think if he does do 4-2-3-1, then I think Mount starts. If he goes 4-3-3, Mount doesn't. Yeah. And I'm happy with that because I'm fed up of seeing Mount played out of position. And I think I, I really fear that Mount might become a victim of his own uh, versatility. You know, I yeah. mean, a bit, a bit, I mean, not the same as, but not dissimilar to Loftus-Cheek, funnily enough who never nailed down a position because he could probably play too many of them. And I mean, it's like the old kind of... He has played every position yeah. much in a Chelsea shirt, I know, he? but jack of all trades, master of none, JK. Not very well. Well, indeed. Um, all right. So I think... Oh, Adam shaking his head. Well, he likes he likes Loftus-Cheek, mate. The, the, the Sarri season before his Achilles yeah, injury... Yeah, he, he was brilliant. It was all coming together in it that was. season for him. And then, and then he obviously did his Achilles and missed was the best I talk, Was I talking about the Sarri season? You said he's never been good. No, I didn't say that. I said not very well. I just he hasn't been playing very well. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Listen, um, wouldn't it wouldn't it be hilarious? Wouldn't it be hilarious? Wouldn't it be hilarious if none of the new signings got a start tomorrow? I think I, <laughs> I think I'd be doing another um, Potter intervention at his presser if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I'd laugh. Um, I think actually, though, it begs the question, you know, because I think everything's revved up now as a club. We're all on cloud nine. We're loving the fact that we're boiling piss again on the enemies of football. We're loving the fact that we've maybe got some entertaining players to watch. So I'm afraid we're all revved up, which means we're probably going to expect immediate impacts when actually what we really probably need, Adam, is patience, isn't it? Yeah, there will be a little bit of patience required, of course, especially trying to mould this into a competent team. Still not helped by the injuries, of course. You know, you'd you'd love to have people like Kante available and, and really build from there. Um, I think tomorrow is the biggest game of the season. And wow. I know that sounds a bit like hyperbole, but I think... Super Friday! I think if Chelsea win, the feel-good factor of having people like Reese and, and Chilwell back, of having the new signings, of seeing incremental improvements against Palace and Liverpool, if Chelsea win, if play well suddenly momentum's building yeah. you're going into a good moment for the champions league run yeah if they lose it will be back to oh grand potter's rubbish everything's crap the world's gonna end etc etc so i actually think it's a huge game in the context of where chelsea's season goes 
And as I, that might be uh, stretching it too much. I'm not sure, but that is kind of how I'm feeling going into it. No, I, I have you absolutely spot on and nailed it completely there, Adam. Um, just a few stats for you boys to mull over. We've uh, At the moment, our run is two wins from seven matches since the restart. Drawn two, lost three. Uh, we're obviously 10 points adrift of top four, which we think we need to get there. Uh, Potter's never beaten Fulham in four personal head-to-head meetings. He's drawn two, lost two. And he's also lost twice already to Marco Silva this term, once with Brighton. Uh, however, in the West London Derby's history, uh, we've only lost two of the head-to-head since 1980. We've won 26, drawn 13. I mean, in terms of the Premier League history, which, of course, as we all know, is when football was invented, we've won 10 and drawn five and lost none. Uh, in total against Fulham, uh, 150, drawn 26 and lost 12. So, you know, we've got a pretty stupendous record against them. Fulham, by the way, I think they've hit a bit hit a bit of a dip in form, funnily enough, since they beat us, when actually we all agree, had it not been for Felix and getting sent off and uh, Zachariah getting injured, we probably would have won that game. Uh, but they failed to win their last three matches in all competitions, drawing one and losing two. Uh, and they've lost to Newcastle away 1-0, at home to Spurs 1-0, and they drew to Sunderland one all in the Cup. So maybe we've hit them at the right time, let's hope so. This is a stat to frighten the shit out of everybody who loves Chelsea. Only relegation-threatened Southampton have scored fewer than Chelsea's four first-half goals on home soil this season, JK. Um, but it might all change, mightn't it, with the new midfield it that we're might. possibly to have. Um, but yes, I agree completely. It could be a, a damp squib, couldn't it be? It could be uh, um, that uh, even with the new players, that they don't uh, they don't come up to scratch and it all falls apart and Fulham somehow spoil the party. They've got the odd decent player, haven't they, Fulham? Is that chap? Um, Some bloke it, called uh, William. They've got Weir for a start. Yeah, yeah. well, at least as, as you said, Adam, Dave will probably not be playing to give him a goal. Um uh, he's playing very well for them. My Fulham mates just say, you know, uh, playing um, playing as well as he played for Chelsea and much better than he ever played for Arsenal. Um, uh, well, the Mitrovic will obviously be playing. Who is sort of very hit and miss. But the best player for me is that Pereira, who's really fantastic. I, 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 I don't know how he slipped through anybody's net. I never. I'm always bemused that decent players from uh, South America appear and we appear to have never had a sniff but things are obviously good at Man United Andreas Pereira yeah he was at Manchester United for a long time never got never really cemented himself there had a little run in the first team at one point never really cemented himself he he bosses it for them he's really their uh, he's kind of their glue in midfield he's he's really non-stop really energetic terrific player Um, and they've got um, obviously Daniel James who's uh, um, comes on a sub from time to time, but you know, they're very swift. They've got some swift players. Um, uh, not the same Vinicius, but Vinicius is a decent player for them as well. Um, gets into good positions. Um, uh, uh, who else um, is there? Excellent. Um, Kearney's the regular. Wilson, of course, played for Liverpool and is decent. Diop's a very excellent uh, centre-half. My mate really, really is um, fond of him as a, as a plays out from the back beautifully big long balls which is what you expect i'm sorry i'm not talking about his sex life um, <laughs> and uh, um who else who else uh is very good for them um uh reed's decent um uh they've got uh i'll just look them up here um 
the my, my, some of the it was the the fullback um Roberts is it not Robertson what's his name um uh, Anthony Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. Yeah, he's a very decent player indeed as well. They've got some decent players who've really who've who've come up well from the from the the, the um, championship, and I thought they'd struggle, but they they're very swift. They do what most teams do: is they'll press us and they'll they'll do as they played against us at uh, the cottage. I don't think they're very good. I'm afraid I don't think they're a terrific side. I just think they're eager, enthusiastic, and. Um, uh, and we'll always go for it. But from a skill point of view, we're we're particularly with you know. Let's see if the new boys can do it. I think we're we're streets ahead. It's just that he's got to somehow make it gel. The manager now hasn't he? So, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Well, from, if we, if we beat them, if we beat them, J.K., we will go above them. Obviously, it depends on what happens with Brentford and Liverpool too. But we would go above them in the table. They're they're in seventh, and we're in tenth. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says Anthony Robertson. That seems a decent player. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm. Um, I would hope that this is the beginning of uh, of uh, a long series of successes now. That would be the great thing to happen, wouldn't it? As well as boiling everybody's piss about the transfers. If we now go on a run that puts us back into the top four, that will really piss people off. My goodness. Oh, yes. Wouldn't it just... Clay, I mean, can you give me a prediction, JK? Um, I think we'll win 3-1. Lovely. Thank you. Clayton, uh, how do you see it going? We're Chelsea. We're going to lose tomorrow night. It's 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 what we do. It's basically we've spent all this money. Everybody hates us, and that's what we do. We we will we will lose. There you go. It's a nice optimistic. I, th- listen, I, the one thing that Jonathan says about they're not very good. I you know I I don't disagree with that, but that there's a real thing and an energy about them. And it's the same at Brentford and, and there's the same at, at not Brighton, because I think Brighton are better than that. They're a team, you know, they, they all work for each other. They all know exactly what they're doing and that's, that's their strength. And that's, that's been our weakness. I don't think we are a team. I don't think we've been a team this season. We There's no connectivity between all the different parts of, of the actual team that are playing. And that's where Fulham's strength is. I mean, you know, yes, you look at their team and you think, how many players would you want playing for us? And it's not that many. But they're organised. They're a good team. Um, and and that's it. No, listen, I'd, I'd love us to win. I, I think it's about time we did something. But, you know, we've got lots of players. Lots. I mean, if there are a couple of new players, it's going to be difficult. But hey, the, the one thing i would say is that we haven't played for two weeks and you would have you'd hope to think that they have actually sorted themselves out and they know what they're doing we seem to be a little bit more cohesive against liverpool from a team perspective when we played and maybe that's going to continue which is why i think yeah the back four could probably stay the same um and maybe the front three will be the same but possibly mudrick instead so yeah I don't want us to lose, but I, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be at all surprised because everybody could then have a huge laugh about us and say, you've spent all this money and you're still what shit. What a waste of money. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, do you know what? I'm going to Adam, you first, and I shall wrap it all up with my own opinion. You're on mute, mate. I think yeah. it will be 2-0 to Chelsea. I think now the two weeks would have done them a lot of good, despite still some key players being out. 
I think we'll see an injection of freshness. I think Madrid will come in. Um, and yeah, hopefully everyone goes to the game tomorrow in, in, say, in a far more positive mindset. And that translates to this atmosphere in the stands, of course, and then benefits the performance on the pitch. Because, as I say, it could be a very, very important game in terms of where the rest of the season goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so 2-0 to Adam, 3-1 three, three, for JK. Sorry, Clayton, you didn't give us a prediction. Did. Uh, one, two. You did. I'm sorry, sorry. One, two. I wasn't listening. No, no I didn't. I'm giving you one oh, now. Okay. One. You said 3-1, Clayton, originally. You said we'd I lose. Said we're gonna lo- I said we're going to lose. I didn't give a score. No, he didn't. He didn't give a score. So you're saying we'll lose 1-2. Adam says we'll win 2-0. JK says 3-1. I have to say I'm kind of very much with Adam on this, that I think that... I think that, that that you know the supporters are all very buoyant. We'll be in 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 good heart and good good uh, good mood, good vibe. I think with everything that's gone on, I think that uh, Potter's been saying it for weeks. There's a buzz about the club at the moment, and I think that there'll be a good atmosphere on the you know in the training ground. He would have had two weeks to work on things. I agree with Clayton said it on the show the other week after the Liverpool game. You know, I could see signs of what maybe you know Potter was trying to do. Maybe the players are beginning to grasp what he's trying to do. We did look a lot more cohesive in attack um so yeah i think maybe that positivity will carry on to the pitch fulham's confidence might be down a little bit you know they've lost two and drawn one so i'm feeling i'm feeling positive about tomorrow and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go three nil just to split the difference between adam and jk so there you go happy boys i'll take that as a yes (laughs) They're, they're all smiling for those of you listening in black and white they're all smiling. So there we go. Uh, brilliant. I've enjoyed tonight. It's been good to be back, actually. I've kind of missed doing a proper show for a while. Lovely to see you, JK. Thank you. I think this has been one of the most positive shows we've had for a long time, to use Graham Potter's most overused word. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's been very positive. Can you, can you give us a Potter-like positivity message? Uh, you know, he's a bit like that. He says, well, uh, we've got to move forward and be positive. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Graham. Uh, lovely to see you, JK, as always, old Bean. Look forward to see I might bump to you tomorrow night. Looking forward to your fan bite. If not, I will definitely see you on Monday. Clayton, Hi. always an absolute delight to see you, my friend, particularly as I, I, I found out to my horror that you were on the Went to Mo King's Meadow show, not because I was horrified that you were on it, but I thought, oh, my God, I'm, I'm double booked him. It's, he's going to be mad at me because he's having to do all this well, work. No, 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 no that, that was entirely my choice. I could have said to Dean, no, I can't do Tuesday. Uh, because I'm on Friday or Thursday or whatever. Mm. But uh, no, I didn't think that you'd mind. I'm not sure how many of your listeners listen to the Kings Meadow podcast. Quite a lot, I think, from from yeah. what my my research tells me. So well done, you. I'm really glad you support. I know, I know, I know. Having had a chat with you around Christmas, how 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 much into the uh, the Chelsea women's side you are getting as your you know they're your local team, aren't they? Basically, they are my local team. Yeah, and I know you're writing for uh, Kings Meadow Chronicle, so it's lo- lovely to see you supporting them and Dean in particular. So there you go, well done. Lovely to see you, mate. Hopefully, catch up with you. Well, I'll, I'll wave to you tomorrow night at the very least. Yeah, if I'm not thwarted by trains and planes and automobiles, I mean, there's strikes all over the place tomorrow, so I'm I'm hoping to be there. Get the bus to Putney, mate, and then walk. Yeah, no, I I will definitely try and do that, but there's a bus strike as well. Oh, tomorrow. brilliant. Yeah. Well, if you're stuck, shout, because I'm driving up. Okay, cool. All right. Lovely to see you. Right, finally, by no, uh, but because last but no means least, the absolutely fantastic Adam. Uh, you, your knowledge and insight on transfers, particularly tonight, has been absolutely 
brilliant for us because we you know you do the work so we don't have to really adam so thank you um okay. get some rest um, presumably you'll be there tomorrow night i will be but i'm not going as press all ah, right so you're not on the press box either no, I am going with my dad and my grandfather. Oh, yeah. I remember you. I think I remember you talking about this. Yes, yes I mentioned it. Yeah. Up in Liverpool. Yeah, I'm going with my dad and my granddad. And we're uh, we're going to be looked after, thankfully, by yeah. uh, three. So, yeah. Yeah, well, enjoy that, mate. And I hope your granddad has a great time, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I hope we win, too. But lovely to see you. No doubt we'll see you very soon. Uh, right, us lot uh, will be back. Obviously on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show with me, JK and Tony Glover at 7, no, oh, 7.30pm. I should write this in, the new time, because we we decided we're going to have dinner first. So there you go, 7.30pm on Monday. Looking back at the match against Fulham, obviously. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening, especially the people in Mixler who uh, we love to pieces. I've seen you all in there. Great to see you. We will see you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.